Hey, Sean. Hey, David. What month is it? Uh, carry the one, October. <laughs> when does it usually snow? Um, actually, there's snow in our forecast here in Ontario this week. Really? We yeah. had snow like for the last four days. Um, now, uh, most of our listeners know that I live up in the great white north, but... Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am not ready for snow just yet because it hasn't even been fully spooky season. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear. <laughs> I don't know if I need to put up Halloween uh, decorations or Christmas decorations because on one hand, I have this sweet little ghost that's dangling from my, like near my front door, but then also I can hear sleigh bells ringing in the distance because I live so close to Santa Claus. Do you know who does not live close to Santa Claus? Uh, Sean, our host on this episode of the scene on screen podcast. (laughs) Roll the intro. The answer was these members of the scene on screen podcast, but David improvised and did what he did best. (laughs) Fumbled the intro. <laughs> well, because only one of us doesn't live up in the great white north. And that would be I mean, you. I don't know. The vibes are out there pretty solidly right now. I'm not going to lie to you. And the worst part about it, too, is like when you walk around retailers now, there's already advent calendars, Christmas oh, yeah. balls, Christmas yeah, all wrap. The Christmas decorations have been up for the last like, few weeks. Dollarama is like pretty much cleared out all their Halloween stuff already. Hard stop. You know what? No, like wait till November 1st. I think we've talked about this before, but like, it's truly just now to the point where I almost want Halloween to end so I could just get to the good part. (laughs) Right. I see my dilemma is I want to put up Christmas decorations like lights and stuff like that outside, but I don't want to do it when there's, you know, six feet of snow. And I don't want to do it. What's your problem then? My problem is I'm going to be putting Christmas decorations up before Halloween. I've done that once. It was a, it was a it's, beautiful Saturday afternoon. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Let's get this thing up on the roof. Got to put, are, are, have you got your winter tires on yet? No, I no, just ordered them. See, I, I'm trying to figure out if I want to put my winter tires on this weekend or if I want to wait. But with my luck, if I wait... It's going to, we're going to get dumped into snow and then, and then, uh, I'm going to be screwed doing it in the snow. Does but your insurance provider make you do it for November 1st or November 15th? I honestly don't even know. I mean, some insurance providers in, uh, in Ontario give you an insurance premium if you have winter tires on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, uh, exactly when we're supposed to, but, uh, or like based off of our insurance, but uh, I just do it based off of the weather, right? Like if, if the weather is what, it's like seven degrees is when winter tires start working best. Um, and we've been consistently below seven degrees for the last week. But I think this weekend it's supposed to like shoot up to like 12 degrees. So Whoa, 12 here in <laughs> Ontario or in Southwestern Ontario, it's going to be 24 degrees on Saturday. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, double. Well, it's like spring. It's it's we're in the uh the time of year up here where in the winter, 10 degrees people are wearing, you know, thick parkas and and uh got their winter boots out and snow pants on, toques, gloves and stuff like that. But then in the spring when it's 10 degrees, they're wearing like shorts and t-shirts and and all that, but L- let me tell know. you. So, traditionally in KW there's a there's an ultimate frisbee tournament called Oktoberfest which happens in the last weekend of Oktoberfest. And this week or this past weekend I played the Saturday morning. The weather was awful. It was pouring rain. It was freezing cold. And we're all out there just soaking wet playing. I like a jackass 
now have a sore throat. And I like, I knew it. I knew it. And then on the Sunday, it was warm enough that I could be outside in a t-shirt and shorts. It made no sense. Yeah. Whatsoever. I'm, I'm hoping that it's warm enough this weekend for me to finish a few last minute outdoor things, you know, getting, getting a few things set up for the winter. Um, but I've got a lot of projects going on this, this winter. I'm redoing the basement. Got to put some drywall up. I want to build a wall so I can build a bathroom. So I got a bunch of two by fours in my shed from the renovations from my office. Cause they were just going to be thrown out. So I asked the contractor, I'm like, Hey, if you're just going to throw out these two by fours, like, can I have them? He's like, sure. So he dropped them off. So I have these like 16 foot two by fours. They got like screws and stuff like that in them. So I have to kind of clean them up a bit, but I got probably about easily a hundred dollars worth of free lumber. Which is so, good for you. I know, right? And even so, if you're using it for just like connecting pieces, it's going to help you out. Yeah. So my uh, we, we started with a little bit of the basement and that's going to be my winter project. So I'm not too too upset that uh, the weather's getting shittier by the by the minute because now it's giving me some encouragement to get some of these uh, house renos done so that we have a sweet man cave for when you eventually come take the trek up here like early apparently the uh the joys of owning your first home which i would know because i've been living in an apartment for the last seven years um the joy of your first home is the amount of uh, renovations you end up doing and then how much you resent it by the end of it you're like oh look at all this hard work let's move Well, so the thing is, is we were looking, I was actually having this conversation with she who shall not be named earlier today, because uh, we were looking at some of the other houses, or really she was looking at some of the other houses in the area and the market and stuff like that, and and uh, what they're being listed at and, and selling for, we still got a really good deal on our house, to the point where I estimated roughly what we'd be spending to uh, renovate our basement and add a bathroom down there and, and finish all that. And it would be less than $10,000. But the return on investment for having that finished basement plus bathroom and all that other stuff is going to be at least five times that, if not more. So well, when we good. do when we do eventually sell our house, we will be able to definitely make more than, than what we bought it for. But at, uh, you mean when you move back down to southwestern Ontario so we can open our dream game and hobby shop? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. So. That's the plan. That's the plan. What's our plan today? We've got lots to talk about, catch yeah. up on. What have we been playing? What have we been watching? Holy, just just so much going on. And I, I think I want to start off with the, the layup of the the show. And what's that? Gotham Knights, man. What happened? You went from a trailer that looked so incredible. You looked for you. You went from something that was so hyped up. Everybody wanted to play it. Now people are massively canceling their pre-orders. Have you seen this? Uh, I, I know that there's some drama going on about it, but I'm not too sure about the specific details. Gotham Knights is now capped at a 30 frame per second on PS5 and Xbox Series X as Warner, uh, Warner Brothers Games Montreal confirms no performance mod for 60 frames per second gameplay. So what, what you're year saying, is it? <laughs> you know, like this these... is like it's it's becoming more and more common that people are maybe just not ready to give the consoles what they're they're required to do, right? Like I just I feel now that like they're dumbing down games because they're not ready. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't know how to develop for powerful systems, right? Like, and, and, and granted, okay, the PS4 and the Xbox one, they were in comparison, severely limited, but by the end of their life cycle, there was some very significant and like really amazing looking games on there. Now we have the PS5 and the Xbox series X, and they are some like, obviously they're the most powerful consoles ever made. Like the, the amount of the, not the amount of freedom, but like the the specs for the Xbox Series X is the most powerful console ever made. 
and yet developers are still producing games and limiting what like the the display fidelity and or the graphic graphics fidelity on those things and 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 kind of crippling these games to the extent like you would think so gotham knights was supposed to be a cross-platform game though right like you're supposed to be on the ps4 and xbox one so i could understand if this game was still coming out for last gen systems for them to be capped at 30 frames per second because when you're when you're making a game and releasing it on multiple consoles it is easier to limit the game overall to like the weakest link right but now that the game is only coming out on xbox series x and ps5 there's really no excuse for them to not uh increase the the capabilities of the game and at least have it running at 60 frames per second what is in your opinion the best game you best looking game you've played on your ps5 and your xbox series x oh shit um it's really hard to say because i you play games for five minutes turn them off yeah and never play them again. yeah that's really about <laughs> no to david I, is now in the dictionary you know what the way. thing is is like there's there's a lot of games that uh if if i have the ability to choose between a performance mode and a graphics mode. A lot of the times I choose the performance mode. So even if that means playing at a lower resolution, so like um, Jedi fallen order is a prime example. They have the performance mode. They have the uh, graphics mode. And that is something where in the menu, when you change the settings, you could see uh, an actual degradation of the graphics of the the model of it's a cow right yeah but when you're actually playing the game you don't really notice the difference in like the lower resolution um you know i've played i've played a lot of games that look phenomenal but they also have a lot of like kind of gimmicks that kind of mask some of the the, like a lower resolution a lot of times they'll use like chromic abrasion um motion blur is a big one that a lot of games will use and what else uh film grain stuff like that uh and ray tracing well no that's the thing is like ray tracing is 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 uh a heavy hardware or a heavy uh, resource hog Right. So a lot of times when a company or when a game includes ray tracing, it's usually at a lower resolution, like the overall games at a lower resolution or a lower frame rate. Right. So. I don't know, I I can't say that there's any specific game that has stood out to the point where I'm like, this is the, the best looking game I've ever played. I'm sure that there's there are some out there, but like I just played uh, Scorn because that just released. How is that? I haven't played it yet. It's fucking weird, man. It is weird. It's like I I get these alien vibes, like Prometheus kind of thing, but it is <laughs> This is my review of Scorn. It's fucking weird. Uh I started playing it and I was like, I don't know what to do with this game. Like I don't really know. It's it's a kind of like a horror puzzly game. Yeah. Um and next thing I know, I've played it for like 3 hours. Cause it's just, it's so fucking weird, but, but it is fun. It is uh, quite interesting. It's one of those games that, uh, as I haven't run into any enemies yet. Um, so I don't know, really know what's going on. Don't really know the story at all, but, uh, yeah. It, it, and that game itself looks, looks actually pretty good, but, um, what is, there's one game I have to find, look this up. So- um, while you're looking for Xbox for me, I remember the original the what was the the launch Call of Duty? It was Modern Warfare, the first one, right? Uh, when the Series X launched. And that was no, the one where No, no, that was Cold War. Cold War? Yeah, the 80s one. Mm-hmm. Um there was like two missions in there where I was just like, my God, this game is fucking stunning. Like this is great. But if you had ray tracing on, the game would crash. Because it wasn't quite there, mm-hmm. right? And then Xbox released 
Forza Horizon 5 and Forza 8, I want to say. Do I have the numbers right there? Maybe Forza 7. I don't know. And but, both um, of those games were stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forza 7, sorry. For the PlayStation 5, I've not played one new game where I've been like, holy shit, this looks incredible. The only game that I've played on my PS5 so far where I've been like, this looks better than it did the first time was, can you guess it? The Sims 3. No. I'll give you one more educated guess. So, follow that hint. Played for the first time. So it looked better than I played it for the first time. So it could be one of like five games. What? Could it be The Last of Us? Could it be Spider-Man? You mean like, okay, it looks better than the first time you played it. Yeah. Was it The Last of Us? It was God of War. Oh. Really? If you play the the enhanced version of God of War that's on the PS5, that game looks incredible. Mm. Incredible. Now, would I say it puts out a better input than some of the games that I've been playing on my Xbox? No, but I also play a lot of first-person shooters and games with my friends on that one, so I really... Like, you're not getting Call of Duty in 4K, no matter how mm-hmm. hard you try. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, I can't find this game. So, anyways, there's this game that came out recently. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Um, and it... It's kind of like a homage to like the doom games or like the old old school first person shooters right like doom quake all that stuff um and the unique thing about this is that it has a lot of artificial like filters to make the game look somewhat pixelated or make it look like you're playing on a crt monitor um and it works right because the game doesn't need to be in 4k because it has this very heavy stylization, right? But it still runs at 60 frames per second. Like it's very smooth gameplay. So the fact that Gotham Knights has been in development for so long, they changed production so that it was only coming out for Xbox Series X and PS5. And yet they still are unable to um, give it like a 60 frames per second performance mode. It's kind of ridiculous. Now, another game that's kind of like similar that I'm actually quite shocked about is um, the A Plague Tale Requiem. So the second or the sequel to A Plague's Tale, what is it, A Plague Tale Innocence, which, Sean, I know you haven't played, but I'm going to tell you again, you need to play the game. Very it's on my game. list. So we started playing this the sequel, and the game looks phenomenal. But I looked up or I saw some videos of uh, like graphics comparisons between Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and it looks the same on all systems. And the the game is capped at fourteen forty p and thirty frames per second. So the game itself doesn't look so good that it needs to be capped at 30 frames per second. I'm surprised that they don't even have like a 1080p 60 frame. Um, and so I was, I remember reading a bunch of uh, comments on a uh, Reddit thread about this stuff. And people are like, I'm not even going to play games if they don't have a 60 frames per second mode. Right? Like I can't play games that are 30 FPS. It's just ridiculous. I can't focus on it. I'm like, really? Like we grew up playing games that the res the frame rate was so bad. Remember um, Perfect Dark? Rockets only with bots? The game was so broken. <laughs> that would get down to like four frames per second. It was ridiculous. But that's what we, we played on. But we're technology has advanced so much that we shouldn't be compromising and just having games at 30 FPS anymore. Right? It just doesn't make sense, especially for games that are being delayed and delayed and delayed. But that's my two cents. I don't disagree. And I think the more games that we see get released, delayed, and then drop in quality, I think people are going to get more and more upset. Do you know what um, Spirits Unleashed is running at right now? 
What is Spirits uh, Unleashed? The Ghostbusters game that just dropped. I thought it was oh, supposed no. to be free to play, but it is not. You have to pay for it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what that's. Uh, what's that? See, how privileged are we now that we live in a world where we have gaming streaming services on both PlayStation and Xbox? And we're like, damn, I'm not going to play that game until it's free. <laughs> you know Jesus. what speaking of uh let's segue a little bit we weren't going to talk about this before but uh did you hear the news that google has officially put the last nail in the coffin of, of stadia did i ever tell you i interviewed for a job at stadia well good thing you didn't because you'd be fired <laughs> to be doing layoffs yeah. It was it was a while ago, like I mean a while a while ago when it was first announced. I was given an opportunity from uh, a rep I knew for a company um, that represented like a few different companies, and the job was to go be the brand sales rep for Google Stadia at like EB Games at the time, which is now GameStop. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you'd go to EB Games and you go to Best Buy and you would pedal. Google Stadia, yeah. and I think Stadia was in stores for what a year before it was an online-only product. Yeah, I got the Founders Edition of that or something like that, and it was the the bundle that came with the 4K Chromecast and the controller. I got it for free because I I don't know, I, it was like some Google promo that they were doing. I never really used it. I used the controller a little bit because I had uh, every so often I would get a few free months of uh, what is it? Google Stadia Pro or something like that. The problem with Stadia was that you still had to buy the individual games. If they had a model that was kind of like Game Pass or even now Sony's new PlayStation Plus where it was a subscription based and like, cause you still have to pay a subscription for like their, their premium service. Right. And yeah, yeah you got a few games free each month, but the, the selection of games weren't that great. Um, if they, if they had a model where you could just subscribe and play all of the games in the library, that would have probably been a little bit better, but the, I think they were too ahead of the time with the technology and they didn't really have the footprint or the market share in gaming to really making a, uh, a significant in, like dent in the, in the market. Now I do have Can to say I'm- though, the, the stadia controller is a very, very comfy controller, but it's kind of a paperweight now. <laughs> yeah. The steam deck controller was pretty sick too. It was now. Um, I was going to say, can I make a bold statement about your your Stadia talk? Sure. I believe Stadia, while it did come out a few years too early, walked so Xbox can run. Not, yeah, I'm not I, even gonna, I, I'm not even I gonna, would agree. I would agree. I'm not going to go Apple Store and just even including PlayStation in here. Yeah, no, the I would agree. You can buy Samsung TVs right now that are equipped with Xbox Live Game Pass as a built on onboard app. And all you have to do is buy a controller. Mm-hmm. Google Stadia walked so Xbox could run. And Xbox, I'm sorry, Sony fans, we, we continually try and let you down easily. I have. All the consoles. David has all the consoles. Xbox right now is a far superior product in every way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. I know, I know. You're going to be mad. And Sony CEO is going to come around, knock it on my door, and get all mad at me again. But it's true. There's... Like, this wasn't even about that. And so, <laughs> I know, right? It's, but it's so about it because we're talking about Stadia now officially dying. And what Stadia tried to do... Mm. Xbox is doing and they're doing yeah. it successfully and they're doing it well. And and that's the that's the big thing is that like you said now you can buy TVs with the Xbox with an Xbox app on there where you can just stream games. And Microsoft and it's amazing that a company like Google that has all of this money that actually has the network infrastructure to f- support this stuff wasn't really able to to launch this and and have it successful now with that being said good on google for refunding people on all of their purchases 
So if you've bought games on the Stadia platform, Google's actually refunding you for those purchases, even if they were like a year and a half ago. So, you know, kudos to Google for that. I wish they would uh, release an update for their controller that allows it to work with like your PC, like wirelessly. Um, But it does work wired. So I'll at least have a, a, a game pad that I can use. I thought it worked with Chromebooks wirelessly. It, it, it kind of does. It works with like Chromecast wirelessly, but the way that the controller, the way that the controller works is that it has Bluetooth just for syncing. And then it actually uses Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi would have, I guess, a lower latency than Bluetooth when streaming. So they would have to do some sort of update on the controller that would allow it to communicate just by via Bluetooth, which why would they put more resources into to doing that stuff? But any of the Google devices, it would work wirelessly with that. Um, it was kind of cool, though, because like you could have a Chromecast hooked up to your TV and then literally all you have to do is press like a button combination that would show up on the screen on the the controller. So it'd be like a B a Y or something like that. And then the controller would sync to that Chromecast and you could use it to control the TV or, or play play stadia stuff. But anyways, yeah. Death of stadia. (laughs) (laughs) Rip to the King. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of Kings and RIPing, I think it's time we have a little chat about the trailer that dropped a few weeks ago. Now, David and I haven't had the opportunity to talk about this because we've had a, well, David got sick and then we had Don on last week. Thank you again, Don. You're amazing. But Super Mario's trailer dropped and it was aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it looks amazing. I think a lot of fans, some of the audio was great. I think a lot of fans are going to have a hard time listening beyond Chris Pratt's voice, partially because people hate Chris Pratt, but also because he told everybody he has worked incredibly hard on this accent and I didn't (laughs) hear it. Like, it sounds like he just added a little Boston to his voice. A little bit. It's kind of like he took a bite out of it's like those 90s commercials where like a kid takes a bite out of a piece of pizza or something like that. And then they like transform into becoming Italian. Not that that's a real commercial, but I could imagine it, you know. (laughs) Anyways, we got a little sound bite of uh, the worst part of the trailer. But before we get into that, I want to say there was a lot of concerns over the overall voice cast like Jack Black as Bowser. Uh, what is it? Crazy good. Crazy good. You know what? And that's the thing is everyone's like, oh my God, Jack Black. Like he's, he's a, not typecast, but he's a very. He's a unique actor. In a yeah. Way. Right. Like he, you know, that it's Jack Black, but in the trailer, when it was, when it was uh Bowser talking, like you could tell that it's Jack Black, but it is, he has just enough roughness to his voice that it comes off as a convincing Bowser. Super, super impressed with that. Um, Luigi, we got a little bit of screams from Charlie Day. <laughs> no, we didn't. It was all yeah. quiet. There was no Luigi scream. I thought and there was. What, I don't think so. I had to listen to it again. Maybe, maybe it was. People thought similar. Charlie Day was Toad. Yeah, I know. And that's Keegan Michael Key. And people were like, oh, yeah, Charlie Day was so awesome in all his lines. And people were like, it was just Luigi <laughs> yelling, I guess. So maybe yeah. a little bit. But but uh, so we got a little soundbite of uh, a Toad and the greatest Chris Pratt. Because as everyone knows, he's so cool. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one's perfectly fine. Come on, Mario! Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Okay, why isn't it not Let's-a-go? 
right? It's like, okay, so let's dissect this a little bit. Okay, so Toad actually pretty good. I want to say with that, was not expecting that. Um, I think a good enough spin on the typical Toad voices, right? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it, like different enough that it's unique, but close enough to what we would expect that it's like, okay, you know, I could hear this in my head before seeing this. Now, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Like you just said, why wasn't it just let's go? Right? Like that is a classic and a staple Mario line. <laughs> yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I feel like they would have had a better movie if Mario was silent, like in most of his stuff, and just kind of <laughs> like a Charlie Chaplin movie, but Mario just makes <laughs> everyone noises. else everyone else talks, right? So let's talk a little bit about just the animation from the very beginning. You see that like yeah. Bowser's crazy floating lava fortress go towards what looks to be some sort of penguin kingdom. I'm not aware of a penguin kingdom name. A lot of people who reviewed the trailer thought it was a new place. But the they're, details, they're the penguins from uh, Super Mario 64. 64, right? But the details on the Koopas, that zoomed in shot of Bowser's tail. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably cool looking. I'm I'm I would say tickle me impressed by just the the detail in the animation. And, you know, Illumination does a really good job. The Minion movies are crisp. But when you when you look at like even the humor that was used in the trailer, like I laughed out loud mm-hmm. when that guy got hit by the big snowball. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the other thing that I found really interesting, at least from my standpoint, is do you remember the live action Super Mario from like 1992? Of course, it's right now. That is the best Mario movie ever made. Well, it's the only Mario movie. Exactly. Technically. I did find it interesting that they introduced us to the Mushroom Kingdom very similar to that film. I know he went through a sewer and ended up going through the fungus and ending up in the Mushroom Kingdom or mm-hmm. Mushroom Grungy New York. Yeah. Where this, he just kind of flew into what looked to be, uh, what is it called? Planes one. So, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's definitely involved and in there. A lot of people were also pretty upset that they shaved Mario's ass down. <laughs> they said he had no booty yeah he's not thick anymore he's not listening to big booty mix no. 21 it's uh i think the trailer was very refreshing to see if i'm being honest i i love how it also created its own meme by giving it like mario looking like he's having a heart attack because he landed on his shoulder oh have yeah. you seen some of the memes it's like this yeah. re- uh all italians realizing chris pratt did the voice <laughs> I think I I think in regards to the animation and stuff like that, like like you said, Illumination does very good work, right? Like they, the only other I think the only other company that could have done something like this would have been Pixar, and then the style would have been very specific in that it would have been a Pixar styled movie, right? But um, Walt Disney did it with Wreck It Ralph. They had the rights to Mario and they had the rights to ba- yeah. uh, Bowser. But the thing is, is that movie itself, though, a lot of the animation, like you could tell it was a Pixar movie, right? So this does feel very different. The graphics or the like the 3D animation is is actually really good. So for any concerns that there would have been in regards to how the movie was going to look, I think this trailer shows that there's there should there's nothing to be worried about um in regards to some of the voice acting some of the ones that we've heard surprisingly good so again with bowser with toad you know i'm not too worried about that i think they're spot on for for kind of what we could expect um now granted we only really have that one little bit from mario AKA Chris Pratt. AKA he's he's so cool. <laughs> and it's not good. Like that's the thing is I think Nintendo was holding off 
long enough so that they could release this snippet, see the response from the 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 fan base and the general public. And if they need to re-record stuff, they they might. They could be pulling a Sonic. A Sonic? A Sonic without us even knowing, right? When you think about it. If they release a trailer and all of the response is glowing minus literally the one thing that they were banking on, Chris Pratt, then, okay, let's go back and re-record some of his dialogue and 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 fix it, right? I don't know if I, they would, but Nintendo is notorious for quality, right? Like they want their things to be perfect. So I find it hard to believe that Nintendo would willingly release this movie knowing that the general public and their fans hate how their main character, like the their icon character sounds, right? Um, I just want to also point out quickly, I just had the trailer up just because I was kind of following along while we were talking about it. All the comments are disabled on the Illumination one, Universal, everything. You can't, oh, you yeah. can't see what people are thinking about or talking about. And since Nintendo or since uh, Nintendo... Since uh, YouTube disabled the number of likes or dislikes, we can't see. Now, here's a here's a, a simple. Oh my god! I didn't even notice that. Right, you you can't see the number of dislikes. You can click on it, but okay. Let's take a look at the number of views for for this video. This is the official illumination uh youtube page uh 12,964,428 views as of this moment and only 156,000 likes what's that percentage not even 10 percent right uh 12 9 it's not even five percent that is 1.2 percent so let's say that even half of the number of people who watch a YouTube video are going to click that like or dislike video. That's still only like less than 3% of people that would have liked that trailer. And I remember watching, did you watch the uh, Nintendo Direct Live when they announced this? Yeah, I'm just looking at that now. Comments are on this one, but likes are disabled and 6 million people saw this one. And if you watch like the, the replay of that with the, with the comments or sorry, with like the live chat, people were going like crazy because of one, like how good things like Bowser sounded and all the other like kind of thing that they had on there. But then when, Chris Pratt did his Mario voice. People were like, what the, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is this garbage? So I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with this because as of right now, I can't see this. I can't see Nintendo being happy with this because with how protective they, of how protective they are with their IPs, you know, I can't see this being a uh, I can't see them being at their board meeting being like, yep, <laughs> you know, one percent of our viewers liked that trailer. This is a good, good step forward, right? Like, can you imagine if um, Mario plus Rabbids didn't do well? We wouldn't be getting a sequel. And that looks great. And Mario plus Rabbids is such a fun game. So it shows like Nintendo does give their IPs out to let people use them, but they have to have that trust. So luckily in this sense, the movie looks like really good. So there's nothing against illumination, but it's their choice of voice acting. This is a classic case of they're trying to sell this movie based off of the cast that they've, they, they picked for voice acting. All right. Let me ask you something then. As you know, Charles Martinet 
has been the voice of Mario for as long as we can all remember, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen petitions to try and get him to replace Chris Pat in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a reason that Nintendo didn't hire him or Illumination didn't hire him. My assumption would be when he has to do full sentences, it's hard for him to do. That would be my guess. Yeah. Because he could do wahoo, it's me, a Mario, all that stuff. I, I joke around and my other half is like, you do a better Mario than Chris <laughs> And like my voice is strained right now. I could probably fart into the toilet and it would sound better than Chris Pratt being no. Mario. <laughs> Any whoozle. If not Chris Pratt, then whom? Because if the internet gets its way, he's going to get fired. And I don't know if that's necessarily the answer. But you can't have Mario and Emmett Blockowski sounding identical or Brickowski. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. See, see, I don't know. I don't know who. It's it's either Charles Martinet or it's Chris Pratt. That's it. Those are your well, choices, Internet. Well, here's the thing. Why don't animation companies, when they're making movies, instead of casting you know, movie actors and TV actors who don't actually have any significant talent in voice acting. Why don't they actually hire people who are trained and talented to do voices? That's a great question. And because he had the Lego movie one and two, that counts. But here's the thing, though. He was just Chris Pratt in those movies. He's Chris Pratt in every movie. In He's Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's fat Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec. That's not fat shaming either. <clears throat> there, I recently read an article where Chris Pratt realized his character was funny because he was oversized and he played into that. And mm-hmm. then he started getting roles when he lost weight and he put like effort into it. But Jurassic Park, also Chris Pratt. Yeah. There's so no here's, difference. But that's that's the thing is like a lot of these movies, uh, like these movies that are coming out recently. And I would say within the last like five, hell, even 10 years, they're casting movie actors and actors from TV shows just to sell the movie based off of the actor. Right. Um, now, like there's there's a few exceptions where the characters are kind of like created around the actor, like say like toy story, for example, right? Can you imagine Buzz Lightyear or Woody being anyone other than Tim Allen and Tom Hanks? Yes. Cause I saw the buzz or the Lightyear movie, which people were also pissed off at, but people didn't understand that the Chris Evans version of buzz Lightyear was the the character that the toy was based off of yes no but that that's not what i'm saying though because that's not the same buzz lightyear though you asked a question and i yeah well you took it the wrong way i (laughs) took it literally (laughs) but that's the thing though is like those movies were original movies toy story came out and they were those actors were picked to be those characters and They are not like when you're watching Toy Story, you're not seeing Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. You're seeing Buzz Lightyear, right? Because that's the character. But the problem is now all of these movies are are casting these actors that we've seen multiple times and that are, yes, they're super famous because they've been in a lot of things recently. But now what's the what's happening is that we're not seeing the the character that they're playing. We're just listening to the actor. If that makes sense. Like we're hearing Chris Pratt. We're not seeing Mario. It does. And it doesn't. And I'm going to prove to you why 1994 and 1995. Those are big years for Tim Allen. Now we would have been eight, seven years old, right? What movie did Tim Allen star in before Toy Story came out? Was that the Santa Claus? It was the Santa Claus. 
And for dumb eight-year-olds, some people wouldn't be able to put it together. Be like, oh my God, that's the same voice as Santa Claus. But it was. It's the exact same thing. We're just older and we're we're smarter to it. The problem with Chris <laughs> yeah, Pratt yeah. is Chris Pratt doesn't try and change an inflection in his voice at all. But the argument is proof in the pudding. Tim Allen was one of the biggest stars back then, right? Mm-hmm. To, uh, Tom Hanks, also huge star. The Santa Claus was a children's movie. Tim uh, Tim Hortons. Toy Story was a children's movie. Yes, same, but... Same. But the thing is, the the I think the main difference though is that, like, say, Toy Story, that was a, an original story, right? Buzz Lightyear, Woody, I was gonna say Woody Allen, Buzz Lightyear and Woody were original characters. So we, as children, and even now as adults watching those movies, we see those as Buzz Lightyear and Woody. And the voices of Tim Allen and Tom Hanks, those are the voices for those characters. But Mario is an established character that has been around since before Tim Allen and Tom Hanks were doing voices for Toy Story. Right. So we have this established character, which does have a unique and established voice. Right. Like even if it is just sound bites of him going woohoo and jumping and all that, let's go. Right. So the problem is now they're taking this character that we have heard for years and replacing the voice actor with someone who is incapable of even remotely close, like remotely coming close to creating a voice that is similar to what we're used to. And then that's where the problem lies, because then it is literally just Chris Pratt doing the voice of Mario. And yeah, exactly. Right. Like if we look at Bowser, this is a prime example, right? Jack Black is a very unique. He has a very unique voice and stuff like that, but he's done just enough to change how he's doing his voice acting that Bowser doesn't necessarily sound like jack black you have to kind of focus a little bit more to to realize that it is jack black right so well i mean most people couldn't tell the difference between keegan michael key and charlie day so we have a lot to go (laughs) off of with this trailer and i'm sure when we get more details because i do believe they're gonna do release another trailer around christmas we'll Mm -hmm. have something to go with Mm -hmm. now david for our last little bit, I want to talk about something that uh, you and I don't see eye to eye on. She-Hulk. What was your <laughs> overall impression of the show now that it's completed? My overall impression of She-Hulk was I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. If that makes sense. Like I watched it and it was enjoyable entertainment but I didn't feel like a better person willing to go out and change the world <laughs> after, after watching it. No, it just, it just didn't really go anywhere. There's a lot of stuff. I feel like the, the show was trying to be extra woke, right? Like they did break, uh, the fourth wall a lot and kind of relate to, um, a lot of, real life situations where people kind of bitch and complain on, on the internet about, you know, female superheroes and all that stuff. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. Um, but really like did, was there anything significant with the character? I don't, I don't think so. Like there was no significant struggle other than she was just being shamed online and tried to figure that out. And then, the last episode just kind of really did not make any sense. I think the significant struggle for her might've been what they could have done in a movie without a huge villain, which would have been worse received. But the struggle was what she said in the finale. Like it was, she was trying to like come up, come up on her own and discover herself with these new powers and still trying to be a lawyer and all that. Now, 
I will acknowledge that it is Marvel's second highest rated TV show done on Disney Plus, which is quite amazing. I'm sure Daredevil is going to blow them both out of the water once that happens. But the Disney Plus shows have been average at best. Mm -hmm. What we see with She-Hulk is, I think, a little course correction by the MCU. They, They claimed and stated, or Matt Murdock did when Daredevil... By the way, spoiler alert, the show's been done for two weeks. Sorry, guys. Uh, When Matt Murdock comes in and defends his client, and it turns out that uh, the Sokovia Accords were appealed, that that is huge for the MCU, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's why Tony and Cap fought. That's why they, they all split up. That's why they weren't the strongest when Infinity War started. Lots of stuff. This show really did a few things. One, I, I think She-Hulk or um, Jen Walters breaking the fourth wall to the point she got into the writer's room. That was a little much. Right, because it literally took away completely from the story. Like I can understand breaking the fourth wall and and talking to the camera, right? But to the extent that they went with that one... I lost any interest in how the the series or how the episode was going to end because it's like, okay, well, like, what is this? What's going on? I did think it's funny how Kevin is a robot though. Yes. I did find that funny. And did you also think your TV glitched for a second? Um, yes and no. Like I knew that it was definitely part of the, the show. I thought that was a very unique take on, on, on breaking the fourth wall in that sense. Um, But no, I didn't really think anything was seriously wrong with the TV. I thought the other half like sat on the remote. And then you yell at her. I was like, like, what are you doing? And then she (laughs) popped out of the screen. I didn't like the way it fully ended. The, the show, I I thought the climax was getting kind of cool. Having that guy get all juiced up on the, the or having the Hulk King kind of juice up, I thought that could have been a fun fight. Mm-hmm. They took that away from us and kind of like rushed the end of the story. Well, and the thing then, is, is like they 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 they've done that so many times, right? That that is a superhero villain cliche, right? Like where they they somehow take the blood or something that gives the superhero the powers, and then the villain takes it, and then they which I understand. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, like you said, they took that whole thing away, right? Like it was being built up to this thing. And then it just kind of like, Nope, not happening. I think also it was clever to make a joke about the CG teams and how they were already moving on to other projects. And then the Wakanda theme playing Mm -hmm. and Marvel even acknowledged that the CG could have been better for her. And I think it will be when she appears in Daredevil because she's listed on the cast for Daredevil's Born Again. Like the TV show? Yep. As Jen Walters in She-Hulk. Well, yeah, because she's um, now dating Daredevil. Matt Murdock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also convinced that not only will She-Hulk get a season two, but she'll end up in the Planet Hulk movie because they obviously tease Scar. Um, Thor, the Hulk's son from Sakaar. Yeah, like what the hell was that too? He told Natty couldn't have kids. He's a liar, <laughs> a filthy green liar. Yeah, but also like Marvel, smart Hulk is so tiny. Like he looked little compared to the Abomination. Because he was, yeah. Like that's the thing is, like the the sizing was all all wrong. Now I guess they could play it off as because he's smart. Hulk is like uh, a mix yeah, between fifty percent the strength or something, right? And so fifty percent the strength, fifty percent the size, kind of thing. But still, you know, I don't know. I thought Abomination was cool though. I thought that whole that was probably my favorite part is the uh, is like the the group meeting. Yeah. And then when, uh, what's his name? The porcupine guy takes the mask off. No, you should put that back on. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite part of the show then? Favorite part of the show would have been, 
like favorite scene or like favorite episode just like a favorite moment or something something that I, like really what's you. what's his name the sorcerer supreme what's his face wong wong i think the fact like what they did with wong and that like drunk valley girl or whatever dude i was gonna say the same thing madison with a y and two n's but right? you know, it's not where you think which was so funny because they made those characters like that you would definitely not think would jive right they they made them have a connection that you're like you know what i this is believable yeah i would love to see like uh like a spin-off like not like a full series but like you know like they do like shorts i would love to see like a 15 minute short video of like just wong madison's and- <laughs> adventures <laughs> madison and wong <laughs> you know just mm-hmm. hanging out they've also kind of established wong isn't like doctor strange in the sense that he goes to karaoke bars, right? Like he goes with Shang-Chi at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there's that little like add on as well. For me, I think the one thing that I appreciated more than anything is they kind of had a fuck you attitude and they stuck to the formula and the formula for the, the series made sense. It was a lighthearted show. It wasn't WandaVision that got progressively darker and it took like an insane turn. Mm-hmm. And then it's it like it directly affected movies. It wasn't Loki, which also is directly affecting Ant-Man. It wasn't Captain America, which is getting a spin-off to its own movie. It was, I think, a little bit of course correcting. Mm-hmm. A little bit of phase four has sucked if we're rea- being realistic. So I think what they did is they just took a lighthearted take at it. And Tatiana Maslany, I think that's how you say her name was the perfect choice for Jen Walters. She had an adorableness that like was very believable. And when she broke the fourth wall and broke character, it was great when she was like, I don't sm- I smash endings. And sometimes Matt Murdoch, a didn't expect that at all. Yeah. B asking Kevin about the X-Men hilarious did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. And Disney also took on a real life issue that they've never touched before. And they did it in a tactful way with the revenge porn thing. I think overall, if I were to give the series a rating based just off entertainment value, feeling I left beyond it, I was excited to watch it on Thursdays. Right. It's one of the first Marvel shows that I have not like missed an episode when it launched. And I, that goes back. I didn't watch Moon Knight every night it launched. Didn't watch Hawkeye every night it launched. Didn't watch Captain America every night it launched. Wasn't worried about it. Right. Loki. WandaVision and this, that's it. I'd give this an eight. That's, that's where I'm at with it. I'm I'm quite content with how the show went. I think it did what it was supposed to. And my God, I hope to hell when they do a season two or they do some movie involvement, there is a Wade Wilson, Jen Walter scene where they both break the fourth wall and argue. I think that would be the most incredible. Thing. Yeah. I think the next logical step would be to have her in a movie as a character in the in a movie because season two if they do a second season then they're just redoing what they did in the first season not necessarily right? you can go after any one of her villains you but can no do... like you could do that but like all of the and i use the word gimmicks lightly here but all of the gimmicks that they used in season one they would be redoing them again in season two like she's already broken the fourth wall she's already gotten completely out of the episode and then went to the Marvel studios through the writers and talked to the robot Kevin, right? Like all of that. Yeah. So they can't do that again. So then either they're going to do a more serious movie or a show where they, it's like a traditional show or they're going to do all of that stuff again. And then they're just repeating themselves. I think the next logical step is to 
one have her as a side character or a secondary character in another series like daredevil um and then also having her as a character in a feature film maybe not a main character just an extra character planet hulk secret wars yeah young avengers maybe so but she's not she's not young and she's not old yeah so if i had to give it a rating based purely off of entertainment value i would have to say this is about a seven for me because i i did enjoy watching it it wasn't something that i had to watch release day but i wasn't i didn't have to force myself to watch it um it was entertaining for what it was i just wish that there was more I don't even I don't even really know how to explain it. It just wasn't a satisfying ending because all the climax that was leading up to her kind of solving the issue at hand, like all the online defamation and all that stuff, they just kind of was like, man, this isn't happening. And then it just ended. Yeah, it was fairly abrupt. I would have liked to see them close off like Nikki's storyline mm-hmm. a little bit more, or at least give some depth as to why she spiked the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why did she spike it? Hmm? No idea. Yeah. So overall, I think it was pretty acceptable. Now, uh, I can't say that about some of the other ones, and I even forgot about Ms. Marvel. I'm genuinely interested to hear what your... Uh, your friend and favorite movie reviewer wrote about it. About She-Hulk? Yeah. Let me see if I'm I can sure find it. there anything. is a I, nugget of... I rape. honestly haven't seen anything um, related to She-Hulk on, uh, on their Facebook page, but let me take a look, see if I can find something. What do we got? Uh, we got the Steam Deck. We got Gargoyles. Uh, Mario... Mario, Sonic. Yeah, we got. What nothing. was his review for Mario? Oh, he thought it was freaking absolutely amazing. I can't wait for his review of Black Adam, which we'll okay, be able to read on. next week. Hold on, let me. Uh... Oh, here for we go. For the record, I think Black Adam will suck. Uh, It'll be his, an average movie. His uh, he posted this a week ago about Black Adam. That he like shared the trailer or something, saying next week. Can't wait. It's my most anticipated movie of the last uh, movie of the last of the year films. What are you talking about? Black Panther comes out in three weeks. And that's going to be a far better movie. Uh, He's yeah. got that Marvel money. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's nothing really for. Um, there's nothing for. She-Hulk. That's okay. Because we like it. And that's all that's important. But there was something for the Marvel, uh, the the Mario trailer. Hold on, wait. There's just so much garbage. Okay, here I got. Here's here's the Super Mario trailer. OMG! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! This movie looks absolutely incredible, and the voices of Mario and Bowser are so amazing with Chris and Jack Black. I knew right away that this was going to be top notch because Nintendo is watching closely. LOL. Most anticipated movie of 2023. I have freaking goosebumps. You're done. So someone likes <laughs> someone likes the voice of Chris Pratt. At least one person does. At least one, one in a million. Does. So yeah. you're telling me there's a chance for Chris Pratt to do well here. Yeah. Well, we know who pressed the like button on the uh, the trailer on YouTube. One of 126,000 people. <laughs> 12 million. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Do you think She-Hulk was good? Do you think Chris Pratt was good? And are you excited about any games that are dropping at 30 frames per second? In the meantime, uh, (laughs) as I'm laughing and choking on myself, (laughs) David and I are going to focus on some hard-earned time off, some gaming, and uh, next week and the week after, we'll, we'll have some nice sweet treats for you guys it'll be it'll be good we have a halloween episode coming out next week i believe david is that correct yeah next week is going to be our much anticipated halloween episode where we're going to uh break down some of the 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 top i guess best and worst halloween movies and maybe some spooky video games as well Mm -hmm. maybe talk about some candy (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. My myself and David are always excited for that, and uh, I'm excited to play a game of Horrified this week with oh, some people. It'll be yes. a lot of fun. You know what? the The nice thing about uh, October is that you can pull out any kind of like spooky board game, and it's like, okay, we're playing this game because it's Halloween, right? Like, it always feels weird playing some like HP Lovecraft game, like Arkham Horror or something like that in December <laughs> when I feel like I should be playing something nice. Speaking of board games, remember the one that we uh, backed collectively on Kickstarter? Uh, yes, is it shipping? It is. They have just released, uh, they have like the final production for all the boxes, stuff like that. And we should be having our copies uh, mailed out within the next uh, month or so. So we're definitely going to uh, have a preview of that. What is it? Not so neighborly. It's like a little yes. card game where you, you have to kind of wreak havoc on your neighbors. So it looks like a lot of fun. But anyways, yeah. Well, cool. Well, for myself and David, he's so cool. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Peace. David. Yo. Have you been living in your loungewear for the past few years and you're in need of some new high quality and stylish clothing? I literally feel like I've been living in rags. Now, what if I told you our friends at Diameter Apparel have got you covered? Their unique and sophisticated polos will keep you looking sharp, whether it's for the golf course or attending an evening dinner party. No way. Their Canadian-made, fully sublimated performance jerseys are super comfortable, and they will keep you cool while playing your favorite sport, taking first place with your squad, or even while you're working out. I, for one, love my three-quarter zip. It's lightweight and feels great even on the disc golf course. But Sean, where can I find out what they have? You can check out their latest designs by visiting diameterapparel.com. Again, that's diameterapparel.com. 